Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. you to hear these words of scripture from the prophet Isaiah chapter 58 verses 3 through 10. Why do we fast but you do not see? Why humble ourselves but you do not notice? Look you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. It is once more that time of year when All over the world, Christians, especially those on the higher end of the liturgical family scale, are celebrating Lent. And there are plenty of Christians that don't know what Lent is. And Lent is a traditional season of preparation. You're not going to find directions in Leviticus on how to celebrate Lent. Because Lent is a Christian celebration. It is a Christian time of either solemnity or fasting. It is always a time of growing in our spiritual disciplines and our walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is a time to prepare ourselves, body, mind, heart, and spirit for the annual celebration of the greatest Sunday of all time, the day which Jesus rose from the dead, the day that we celebrate as Easter. And as we begin this journey every year, we are invited, as Christians did throughout the ages, to focus specifically on who we are and who we want to be. Lent is truly a journey. It starts here when we recognize our mortal, frail, sinful state, symbolized by the ashes that Christians receive in the sign of the cross on their forehead. It is an outward reminder that if it were not for the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the continual sanctification through the work of the Holy Spirit, we would be dead. But because of God's love poured out for us continually, 
Because Jesus was willing to offer himself in perfect sacrifice for all people for all time, and because God has come to us through the Holy Spirit to encourage us and strengthen us and empower us to turn our back on sin, we can stand triumphant on Easter with all of those who recognize that the empty tomb was not just Jesus' triumph over death and sin, but ours. And so we are preparing for that journey. And it is not without sorrow that we do that. We mourn that there remains every year a need for us to recognize our sinfulness. We mourn that every year there are still those who, as the prophet Isaiah has been crying out from the scriptures for centuries, there are still those who are hungry, who are naked, who are poor, who are oppressed, who feel shunned, who feel unloved by God and God's people. And so we have work to do. And Jesus will actually reference a lot of the same words and metaphors and the call to action that we hear from the prophet Isaiah. Jesus appeared to be a huge fan of the prophet Isaiah. That was the scroll he chose to read when he returned home after his testing of 40 days in the wilderness. Notice a theme here. That Jesus went back to his home synagogue and there he unfurled the scroll of Isaiah and read to them the proclamation of the Messiah and declared with boldness that that reading had been fulfilled that day in their presence. And people in that moment were angry. Can you imagine being angry that God was going to address injustice? Being miffed and hurt and upset that God would dare to create equality for all people, equal love, equal forgiveness, and equal grace. Because there's something inside every human being that wants to know that we are not the last, that we are not the worst, that surely there is someone below us, behind us, someone that makes it look like we are not the last ones. But God says that I have chosen all of you equally. I love you all. And our job as disciples who recognize that the empty cross is a sign of our triumph as well. There is a job and a duty for every one of us. The mantle that lays on our shoulders, across our neck, is that we need to let others know that they are not the last. That they are forgiven, loved, and free. And so this Lent is a journey toward that. And Christians will be undertaking mission. They will be engaging in new ministries. They will be seeking to preach and evangelize and tell the world that ours is not a dead faith. For Christ is risen. And we are those who proclaim that truth boldly. And Lent has all kinds of traditions around it. I'm sure you may have heard people already start to ask you, what are you giving up for Lent? And I hope you said, sin. I hope you said that. I'm, I'm not a real big fan of giving things up for Lent if it makes you cranky. I think I've told you that before. If you need chocolate or coffee to live, don't give it up. Don't give up something that is going to make all the world go, oh, must be Lent. Every Christian I know is cranky. That doesn't make Jesus look good. Let's not slander Jesus. 
Instead, what, what you see, though, is that there was the tradition of giving something up. And as I said, Lent is 40 days, not including Sundays. So if you do give something up, you're actually allowed to partake traditionally in it on Sundays because Sunday is considered an Easter. And on Easter, we are free from all burdens. And so if you do give something up, I hope you know that you are allowed to partake of it on Sundays. And then, of course, on Easter, you are reunited with it. And you don't just give something up so that you can martyr yourself, which, which is what you heard in the beginning of Isaiah. Oh, look at me, Lord. I'm in sackcloth and ashes. And notice how amazingly faithful I am. God did not want that. Instead, God wanted us to turn and help our neighbors. And so our Lent should be focused on helping other people. And if we are going to give something up, then the tradition was that what you would have spent on whatever that was. So if you were going to give up coffee, then what you would have spent on coffee, you would set aside, and then you would give that to the poor. You would give that in alms. You might give it to a mission project. Here at, the, at uh, Crozet United Methodist Church, we will be raising money during Lent so that we can pack 30,000 meals the Saturday after Easter. We did 26 last year, and we are never satisfied, and there are still hungry people, so we are going to strive for 30,000, 10,000 for each person of the Trinity. So we are striving for that. So if you give something up and you're looking for a good place to give your money, I hope that you'll consider doing that and feeding over 30,000 people in just one day's work. So we're very excited about the opportunity to put our faith into action, to give our faith form and do this sort of thing. But it is not a time for us to show the world just how pious we are by proclaiming that we are making ourselves miserable for Jesus. Jesus didn't come to make us miserable. Jesus came to be miserable because of us. And Jesus did that and then has set us free from that burden set us free to enjoy the blessings of this life and to share them with others. And if your Lent is making you miserable, then I hope that God will help you to find new ways to find joy in Lent. But ultimately, we are all moving toward Easter. We may go separate routes and we will come back together on Easter, but there is nothing more glorious than a Lent that is focused on growing closer to God. And that is the purpose of Lent. It was a time in the tradition of the church when there were new converts that would be preparing themselves to enter into membership in the body of Christ on Easter. It was a time when people would join the church, when there would be baptisms. Easter was a great day of celebration, and people would get ready for this. They would prepare. And one of the things that I'm going to invite all of us to do is I'm a big fan of taking something on for Lent because we also know that in human nature that if you do something for 40 days, that it will become a habit, and hopefully a good habit. So one of the things that Jesus does is echo the words of the prophet Isaiah in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, you might be familiar when Jesus gives the metaphor about coming back on the day of judgment and day of resurrection and separating everybody as a shepherd separates the flock and having the sheep and the goats. Do you remember this? And the sheep were the good ones who did what God wanted them to do, fed the hungry, clothed the naked, gave the thirsty something to drink, welcomed the stranger, visited the sick and the imprisoned. And then you have the goats. And goats are slightly destructive creatures, and sometimes they're very selfish. And so the goats were the ones that didn't do what God had asked of them. And one of our jobs as Christians is to recognize and celebrate the time that we are doing the sheeply things and recognize the time when we are more goat-esque and strive to be less goat-like and more sheep-like, for we serve the great shepherd, and we are called to not only be the flock, 
but to invite others to find their rightful place in the flock. And so this evening, in a moment when we have our opportunity to come forward and receive the ashes, I have these little containers up here, and inside every container is one miniature sheep and one miniature goat. And what I hope you will do is somewhere in your life, there is a place that you look every day. Now, this might be in your bathroom. This might be on your nightstand. It might be at your desk. It might be in your car, wherever it is. And I hope you will place this little sheep and this little goat there. And I hope at least once a day, whether it's when you rise or during the day when maybe you take time and pray or maybe in the evening before you go to bed and figure out which one you were more like this day. And I hope more and more it's the sheep in the front and not the goat. And so by the end, hopefully you will have become more sheep-like and less goat-like. One of the glorious things about sheep is that not only do they live together in community and they fend for each other and they provide safe sanctuary for each other, but sheep actually bless others, not only with their milk, but with their wool. And they don't just bless one time with their wool. They continuously grow wool so that others may be clothed and others may be warm and feel loved. And that's one of the greatest things about the body of Christ is that we are those who continually bless others. And that's why God was so brilliant when God gave us the metaphor of being God's flock, that we could be like the sheep. And so I'll encourage you to do that and take that on. And I look forward to hearing about the adventures of your sheep and your goats and having sometimes a little visual to help us grow. And every day, if all of us take even just a few minutes and think about how our behavior has been the day before and think about whether or not we are actively striving to be the disciples that God so richly deserves, then perhaps we will continue to grow in our faith reveal that we are striving to build God's kingdom here, and perhaps, just maybe, miraculously, our flock will have grown because there's something wonderful about goodness and blessing in the world. People are deeply and profoundly attracted to that. They want to be a part of that, and there's no greater evangelism than kindness. And so we pray that that is part of who we are and what we do this Lent so that Easter will truly be a celebration because we will be able to look back to Ash Wednesday and say, we have come so far. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.